Mark chapter 4, verses 1 to 34. Again he began to teach beside the sea, and a very large crowd gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea, and the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he's teaching them many things in parables, and in his teaching he said to them, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but to those outside everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see but not perceive, that they may indeed hear but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. And these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground. The ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown among the thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those who are sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit thirtyfold, sixtyfold, and a hundredfold. And he said to them, Is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, Pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And he said, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises day and night, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. And he said, With what can we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, 
which when sown on the ground is the smallest of all of the seeds of the earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them without a parable, but privately to his own disciples, he explained everything. A couple of weeks ago when we last met, we studied the parable that a parable that's very familiar to a lot of us, the parable of the sower. Uh, but for the Bible reading, we included a fair bit more than just that one parable. Um, we included the purpose of the parables, the parable of the lamp under the basket, the parable of the seed growing, and the parable of the mustard seed. And the reason that we included all of those parables all at once is because with the Gospel of Mark, they're not all separate lessons. Right? Well, in the Gospel of Mark, one parable keeps building on another. Now, we preachers, we, we're sort of generally in the habit of, we just like to take one thing at a time and just have one neat little message and it's done. But to really get the most out of this, we really need to hold this together. And I would have really liked to have been able to, to do all of these parables all in one go, but I thought it was going to be a bit long. So we've divided it into two. And that's why we read that whole section again today. So let's just begin by having a, a quick refresher on where we got to last time. A lot of people reckon that uh, Jesus taught by using stories or parables because the parables of Jesus helped more people to understand what Jesus was teaching. Not so. In fact, Jesus used parables for exactly the opposite reason. He used parables so that those who were on the inside would get it but those who are on the outside would just remain in the dark. Have you ever wondered why two different people can hear the same gospel message and one of those people will have a life-changing experience of God and the other one, it just doesn't affect them at all? Well, this is why. Those who are on the inside, those who are truly seeking God, get it. But those who aren't really seeking God don't get it. So the parable of the sower that we studied last time, it's all about being good soil. And what does that mean? To be good soil means to be spiritually responsive to the word of God. Uh, Jesus said at another time and another place, those who seek find, those who knock the door will be open to them. And really that's what he's getting at here. When some people hear the parables of Jesus, those who are truly seeking God, those who really want to know him, will find him. They won't be left in the dark. They'll hear the word of God. They will wrestle with these parables and they'll think about them and they'll pray about them until God opens their minds to understand the truth. And not only to understand the truth, but so that they would respond to the truth and respond to it in a positive way by living out the truth. And so the parable of the sower goes like this, and, and we're just going to fly through this because this is what we covered last week. The seed that fell on the path are those who hear the word of God, but they don't hear it, right? They're there and they hear it, but they're not really listening. 
And it's like seed just landing on a hard path. It just bounces along. It's like water off a duck's back. Nothing goes in because they're not interested in God. The seed that fell on the stony ground are those who hear the word of God and they come to faith. But just as soon as they cop a bit of persecution for being a Christian, they're sort of thinking, oh, it's all going to be easy once I become a Christian. But then they start getting persecuted and they realise it's actually tough being a Christian. They, they're not wanting that. And so they give up because they've got a very shallow faith. The seed that fell on the weedy ground are those who come to faith but then when the things of the world start competing for their attention, well, they divert their attention from God. That God doesn't get their attention anymore because they're so easily distracted by things of the world. And when they get distracted by things of the world, they become unfruitful. But the good soil are those who hear the word of God, respond to the word of God, and live out the word of God. Right? Now, we have to remember, this isn't just talking about when we initially become Christians. This is about us as we continue to hear God's word today. As we continue to hear God's word, even today, some of us in this very room are gonna be good soil. And the word of God is gonna be taking root in our life and moving us on in our relationship with God. And others, others of us won't. But the most important message, at least what I reckon is the most important message that we can get from the parable of the sower is we are not stuck as the soil type that we always were, right? Some people think, oh, that person, they're just hard soil. Nothing's ever going to change and they're just going to hear about God and they're just going to ignore him and that's going to go on forever. But no, the soil type in us can change. Because the lesson in that parable is really be good soil. He wasn't just presenting the way things are. He is also putting a challenge before us to become this good soil. So that when we hear the word of God, we respond to it. We take it in. And we let the word of God take root in our lives. And we respond to that. And so we become fruitful for God. So that's basically where we got to last week. Um, and some of you are probably thinking, well, why didn't you just say it, say it that quickly last week? Why did you take half an hour to tell us that? Um, well, if, if you need to, you can have a refresher and you can go onto our website and have, have a listen again. So now we come to the other parables that follow it and how these parables actually build on it. In the parable of the sower... Jesus told us that he's speaking in parables so that only some people would get it, but some people would be left in the dark. Those who are truly seeking God would be in the light, but others would be left in the dark. But that can change. And so we now come to the next parable. Jesus went on to say, is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket? Or do you shove it under a bed? Wouldn't you put it up on a stand? He says, for nothing is hidden except to be made manifest. Nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Right? So if when we hear the word of God, we don't get it, don't give up. Seek God and you will find him. 
The parables may serve to separate those who are on the inside from those who are on the outside, but the ultimate purpose of the parables is to illuminate. When we hear the word of God, some people don't want to get it, right? It's sort of like there's this light shining, God's shining this light, trying to activate something in us so that we would respond to that word. But some of us want to ignore that. It's like we want to put our hands over that light. We don't want to hear God's light. But the ultimate purpose of the parables is to illuminate. And so this parable is like the light of God is there wanting to illuminate our lives but some of us, we just shove it under a basket or we shove it under a bed. But when we put the light in the place that it's supposed to be, it illuminates. And when we give our attention to God, when we stop ignoring God and we start giving our attention to God, he does speak. Now, some of you might, might be sitting there thinking, how does God speak? How can God speak to me? Well, God speaks to you through his word. When you are truly seeking God, read his word, listen to his word being preached and truly seek God in that. And as you continue to seek God in that, God will begin to speak to you through his word. And so verse 24 says, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given, and from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Now, this is an important thing for us to, to realise about our walk with God. We can never remain the same. If you ever get to the stage where you think, well, I'm actually content at the part that I, place that I'm at with God, I think I'm there. That's good enough. You can't stay where you are. You're either going to be moving forwards or you're going to be moving backwards. Your faith is either going to be growing or it's going to be withering. We're either going to be getting deeper into God or we're going to be getting shallower. We're either going to be getting more godly or we're going to be getting more worldly. What we cannot do is stay the same. I find it really interesting the way that the different Gospels sometimes use the exact same parables to teach us something different. Now, the problem for us is we might be familiar with one of these parables in, another, in one of the other Gospels and think we know what it means. And so we sort of just skip over it in the Gospel that we're in. But these Gospels can all be quite different. So, for example, in the Gospel of Matthew, the parable of the lamp under the basket is about us letting our light shine. Right? So we've got the light of the gospel. We've got the wonderful news of Jesus Christ. Let's not be ashamed of it. You know, way too many Christians uh, like to be secret agent Christians. Right? I'm a Christian, but nobody else is going to know that I'm a Christian. You know what we're doing? We've put our light under a basket or we've hidden it under a bed. And the message in the gospel of Matthew is put your light up on a lampstand. Let the whole world see it. Be shining the light of Jesus into the world. So that's the message that we get from Matthew. But in the Gospel of Mark, it's a very different story. The lamp under the basket 
is about when we don't want the word of God to be shining into our own lives. You know, so many of us, we get, we're happy with where we're at. And we don't want the word of God to be doing its work in us. Why not? Well, because we're content. And because whenever God starts shining his light into our lives and his word starts speaking to us, we might get challenged to, to be or do what we don't want to do. We might be challenged to go where we don't want to go. And so we, we hear the word of God, but it's like we stick our fingers in our ears and we go, la, 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 la. I just don't want to hear that God. We discard the word of God because we just don't want to take notice of it. But for us to put the lamp up on a stand is for us to begin to seek God. And to let the word of God begin to shine in our lives and to do its transformational work in our lives so that we can actually become the people that God is saving us to be. Likewise, in Matthew and Luke, when Jesus talked about what measure you use, it will be measured to you. He was actually talking about judging others. So the message was don't judge. Because the measure, measure that you use to measure up somebody else, guess what? God's going to use that measure on you. So don't judge. But here in the Gospel of Mark, we're being told something quite different. We're being told to put a big measure into seeking the word of God. And guess what? We'll get a big measure out of it. I can still remember grade seven. Um, I... I don't know why, but I didn't used to like school. And we had to write a poem. And I thought, I'll fix this teacher. I wrote a poem. School is awful. School is dumb. Pencils are bothers. They're always blunt. And it sort of went on like that for a couple of verses. And my teacher, he pulled me aside. And he... It had an enormous impact on me. He said, there was somebody once who told me that you only get out of something what you put into it. He said, do you know who that was? I said, no. He said, it was your grandfather. Apparently my grandfather had been his teacher and had told him that one time. Yes, and uh, anyway, I got told that day. But this is what we're being told here. We only get out of something what we put into it. The measure that we put in to studying God's word, if we put a big effort in, and it means a lot to us, and we're truly seeking God, guess what? God doesn't remain elusive. He comes through, and he speaks to us. But if we don't seek to study, if we don't take in God's word, if we don't desire it, guess how much we get out of it? Not much. When it comes to being a disciple of Jesus, we cannot remain the same. We're either going forwards or we're going backwards. And essentially, whether we're getting closer to God or whether we're getting more distant, it's actually up to us. The more we spiritually respond to God's word, the closer we'll get to God and the more that he will continue to reveal to us. And of course, sadly, the opposite of that is true as well. As we become unresponsive to God's word, 
we get further away from God. And what bit of spiritual insight we have, it quickly fades. I'm seeing a few small noddings of the head. Some of you have been there. Where you've gotten a bit dry in your faith and so you've sort of wander a little bit from God and you're not really seeking God. And what happens? We just get drier and drier in our faith. All right. So you're keeping up with me? Yeah. It's all practical stuff, this, isn't it? Like, how can I get to know God better? It's so practical. So let's move on to the parable of the seed growing. Verse 26. The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. As a preacher, my job is to sow the seed. What I cannot do is make anyone grow. I can't make any one of you grow. Spiritual growth depends on what soil type we are. When we eagerly seek God, when we hear the word of God, accept it and live by it, that's when we grow. That's when we become fruitful for God. I was once in a, in a church where a particular person was getting really frustrated that in their eyes, another particular person wasn't spiritually growing. And I think the conclusion he came to was we need a different preacher, right? Because obviously if Michael was given this fellow what he needed, then he couldn't help but grow. I'm going to be really upfront. Please don't ever expect that of me. I know I'm not the world's best preacher. In fact, I'm continually amazed that God continues to use us um, to teach his word. But even the very best preacher in the whole wide world cannot make anyone grow. That's about us. That's about what soil type we are. It's about whether we're seeking God or not. And so that becomes a very important question for us today. Am I seeking God? Now for you that might be you might be a person who hasn't even come to faith in Jesus yet. Well, the question for you today is, are you seeking God? Or for you, you might be a person who, well, you've been Christian for decades. The question is still relevant for you today. Are you continuing to seek God? And this is a really important question because in this parable, Jesus also introduces a warning. Now, whenever Jesus talks about a harvest, or putting the sickle in to harvest the grain, guess what he's talking about? He's talking about judgment. He's talking about the day of judgment. How we respond to God always has eternal consequences. On the day of judgment, those who are the good soil, those who seek God and respond to God's word, will be gathered in. And so today we're being left with this assessment is that me? Am I among those 
who are fruitful and part of God's righteous harvest? Or will I be discarded? How we respond to God always, always has eternal consequences. And so we come to the parable of the mustard seed. Verse 30. With what can we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when sown on the ground is the smallest of all of the seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all of the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. That's, that's a nice image, but what's the point? Our personal response to God is part of something which is far bigger. As God's word takes root in the lives of individuals, something bigger than us is growing. And that's the kingdom of God. The story of your faith is bigger than you. Uh, the story of what God is doing through Bush Disciples is bigger than us. The story of what God is doing through FICA is bigger than the Fellowship of Evangelical Churches of Australia. It's all part of the larger story of God. The growth of the kingdom of God. Now you may feel that when it comes to your personal faith, you may be of the view that, well, it's really insignificant. In the scheme of things, my faith, what does it really matter amongst the whole world? You may feel that how you respond to God will make no difference. It's just insignificant. Or when it comes to how fruitful I am for God, who cares? What does it really matter? Do you know what? Every individual disciple of Jesus is part of this thing which is much bigger, the kingdom of God. As the word of God hits good soil, guess what's happening? The kingdom of God is growing. It's growing here. It grows there. It's growing at other churches in town today as, as the word of God is being preached and as it's hitting the hearts of those who are receptive to God's word and as the word of God is taking root, what's happening? The kingdom of God is growing here in every town across the state just about and right across the world. The kingdom of God is growing. Wherever a heart is seeking God and wherever there is somebody and it may be somebody here today who is seeking God and the word of God is taking root in their life right now, maybe in your life right now, there the kingdom of God is growing. Isn't that exciting? It's not just about you and God. We get so fixated on ourselves. Who wants to see the kingdom of God grow? Put up your hand. Who wants to see the kingdom of God grow? Excellent. Most of you. It can be growing in our hearts right now. Kingdom of God is, 
it's more important than anything else in this, in this world. It's more important than getting a good education. It's more important than having a good job or a nice house. It's more important than fitting in or, or hanging out with the popular crowd. It's more important than being an achiever. And some people might be disturbed by this, but it's more important than family. The kingdom of God has begun. And the kingdom of God is something of eternal significance because it's going to keep on going. You see, in the eyes of the world, the kingdom of God is seemingly insignificant. It's like that tiny little mustard seed, and that's all they see. But on the day that every single person will bow their knee before Jesus as Lord, well, guess what's going to matter then? Pretty much the kingdom of God, and that's about it. And on that day, it's only those who are good soil who can confidently stand on that day because they're disciples of Jesus Christ and citizens of his kingdom. So amongst all those parables, in verse 9, says, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Verse 23, If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Verse 24 says, pay attention to what you hear. What do you think? Do you think we might be getting told something here? What do you think the message is? Be good soil. Be good soil. Seek God. Be spiritually responsive to the word of God and do it. I can see a lot of ears out there today. Is anyone missing one? Some of them mightn't work so well, but I can see a lot of ears. But are we really listening to God? I'm going to pray now. And if you're here today feeling, well, actually, perhaps I might be somebody who's been shoving the light of God's word under a basket. Um, because I've been hearing the word but I haven't really wanted to hear it. If you're feeling that today, firstly, I want you to know you're not alone. You're not alone. Even people who have been disciples of Jesus for years, we tend to have a habit of roping off areas of our lives and go, well, God, you can have all this part of my life, but, but this bit, I don't really want to have to change this bit. Why? We haven't been listening to God. So this prayer is for all those who realise that today's the day that my ears are actually going to start hearing and I'm actually going to respond to God. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, you've given us ears, but we've spent too long not listening. God, forgive us. We've been too fixated on ourselves, too fixated on the world, too fixated on our immediate future, and we haven't valued the kingdom of God. 
Lord, open our eyes to truly see. Open our hearts to receive your word. Help us to not just hear it, but to receive it and to act on it. Lord, help us to be good disciples of Jesus. Lord, I want to thank you that as we confess our sins, the blood of Jesus washes all of our sins away. And so, Lord, we want to thank you that even today, we can make a new clean start with you. And Lord, this time, we want to be good soil. Lord, I don't want to be somebody who starts out strong but doesn't have the depth of faith to keep going. I don't want to be someone who starts out following you but then gets distracted by other things of the world. Lord, help me to always fix my eyes on you and to grow. I know I can't stay the same. I know that every day I'm either getting a little bit closer to you or a little bit further away from you. And so, Lord, help me to grow stronger in you every day. May you be glorified in my life as I live for you. May each of us individually and together as a church, may we grow and be part of this wonderful spreading branches of the kingdom of God. And Lord, help me to connect with my brothers and sisters in Christ so that we can truly be the kingdom of God together in the place that you've planted us. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if anyone's prayed that prayer and God's really done a work in your life today, you might need to talk to somebody about it and, and, and pray with them some more. Uh, at times like this, you know, when, this, when the word of God gets planted into our heart, sometimes that's when the other pressures come on. You know, Satan doesn't like it when, when the word of God starts growing in our lives. And that's when the distractions come. And that's when the hot sun starts beating down. So seek me out. Talk with me, talk with one of the elders or somebody who you know to be a, a spiritual leader, somebody who is a godly man or a godly woman to be able to talk with you some more. And for those who are listening on the recording or on the video, um, if you don't have someone like that in your life, um, you can always contact us. Just do a Google search of Bush Disciples, you'll find us, and you can contact us through there. Okay. Amen.